Hello and welcome to our first episode in 2021. This is episode 23 of our unofficial SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is January 8th and together with Goran and Robert, we're here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello, everyone. Hi, welcome and happy new year. <laughs> Thank Good. you, same to you. So before we switch over to our special guest, um, Daniel, let's as always um, take a quick look at what happened in the previous weeks. So I, I actually want to start with, since this is a new year, um, I want to highlight um, all the content that we have created um, in the previous 20 what um, um, episodes. And um, we have created a, um, a, a site on, on, on GitHub where we linked all the content um, that, that we created. And actually, so we skip this, this intro, you can jump directly to the, to the content expert. So if you are interested in Azure shared disks, then if you click this link, you will go directly to the piece where, where Goran talks about Azure shared disk or similar Azure NetApp files, the trilogy that we had with Ralf. Um, so you can directly um, join or jump to the content because I really think in the meantime, we have some some incredible content there that um, it's definitely worth um, watching. So I yeah. hope this makes it a little easier if you're looking for something but special. By the way, I'm also using, if I get a question from customers or partners, so I send them a link. And actually there is a, you, Holger, make it, made it very nice. There's this, uh, just, you can jump on that special section. So it's the best, you know, it's a kind of video documentation. Uh, yeah, and, so, and same with me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, also when when I forgot something, um, I mean, we have we have the Azure monitoring um, video, for example. It, it, it's it's really nice. You you go exactly, there. Yeah. Tobias talks about um, um, the monitoring solution in, in in detail. So I I I really like this. So yeah, I, I think we have some good content. Yeah. In the yeah. meantime, that's that's what I want to say. Good, so that was that. Um, the next thing, um, our colleague Ralitza um, published another fantastic blog um, about um, using um, or deploying the ACS or the um, ERS um, with Azure files. Um, so, so you remember we had some um, discussion or, or setups in the past where we talked about shared disk, Goran, um, that, that, that I think also was one of your examples that you had. And now um, Ralitza has a very detailed blog talking about how to use Azure Files NFS there. And like always, it's it's very, very detailed. So it's not only here the comparison and everything, but also really all the required steps. So so how do you set it up? Um, and, and you can really follow along. I, I have to admit, I have not um, tested it yet, but um, knowing Ralitza, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a very detailed and very well-tested um, setup. So I think it's definitely worth a try. Yeah. I tried and it's kind of really straightforward. It's really straightforward and interesting. I mean, here we talk about uh, Linux high availability, so to say, not Windows. Typically very much is used here, a file share approach, meaning an NFS. Um, the interesting, we already have an NFS on Azure NetApp files. However, so this is just another option uh, in one way, although not really just in another option that maybe, um, um, uh, maybe the price plays some role, but very interesting part is Azure files were in the preview uh, since mm -hmm. few months. However, what is really new is this uh, zona redundant uh, uh, support, which is just kind of recently added. So the uh, Azure NetApp file, they unfortunately do not support the zonal scenario. Mm -hmm. And that's really kind of unique. So many, many customer really wants to use, they don't want just a regional deployment in some data center, they want to go across the zones. Mm -hmm. So these things goes really across, replicated across the three zones and that's really a, 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 a huge value proposition. I mean, I hope we will have Ralitza here and on a de yes. dedicated session definitely to go deeper here, but really I would say a big uh, value it's uh, from this platform as a service uh, uh, um, offering here. I think there's one caveat. This is still in, in public preview, public right? Preview. It's not yet Correct. GA. Still um, it's a, yeah. So I wouldn't use this in a productive environment, but yes. definitely if you 
are setting up a test environment or if you if you need to get familiar with this, um, then you can definitely already give it a try. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, then the next few things, um, I mean, over the, um, the, the holidays, um, I did have some time and uh, I guess some others also had some time to to also play with some um, tutorials and some some guides and I found some some really from my point of view, good um, tutorials that talk about or that introduce certain topics on the SAP side. So I think you know that I'm a big fan of OData and there's a really nice tutorial um, that guides you through um, OData. Uh, what is OData? How do you use how can I use OData in the context of the SAP Cloud Platform? So what tools are available? And then also how do I build um, my my very first OData service? It's It's a yeah, you can see it's 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 not too long, but it's really well written. It's um, very detailed, so you really see the steps that are required. Um, uh, yeah, to 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 browse through the services, to take a look at um, what it is, how does the relationship work, how do do associations look like, and stuff like that. So I think this is a really nice um, blog. If you are not yet familiar with OData, um, or if you have done it but not in the SAP context. Um, then I think this is a really nice um, tutorial that can help you get started. Another thing um, that we also talked about already is the Kuma runtime. So again, on the SAP Cloud Platform, um, there's this Kuma runtime available. Um, I, I think um, Christian Lechner, who, who has the My News Rep um, um, podcast, he also has currently a session where he's learning Kuma and, and there are some other great um, videos there available. But there's also an official tutorial um, here um, on the developers.sap.com where they talk about, well, how do I enable the Kuma runtime? How do I deploy a first um, service? And then how can I can I actually um, use it and create a scenario? Again, this is fairly quick. I mean, enabling Kuma takes some time. But but once it is enabled on your subcloud platform trial environment, then running through this um, so through this tutorial is actually um, pretty fast. And th these are the tutorials, so to say, which is really nice. Yeah, correct. From SAP. Yeah, these are really nice tutorials, and and um, they they have a lot of screenshots, which obviously sometimes you need to adjust. Sometimes um, this is the it cloud changes. world, so so there yeah. are changes, but you always get the idea of where you, you need to click and, and and whatever so this is this is really nice um another really nice block um was by murali actually it's a little older but um for whatever reason i only um found it over the uh, the, the christmas um period it's a block about um how to use the azure iot hub um with hana cloud and and cloud analytics or the sub analytics cloud and um it's yeah, it's it's a nice um, walkthrough um, that, that talks about, look, um, what are the features of the um, Azure IoT Hub? How can I then connect um, from the, S um, the IoT Hub um, to the SAP Cloud Platform? How can I retrieve the relevant information? So that, that's also a really nice um, block that gives an, um, yeah, an, an, an idea how these, these worlds um, can work um, very well together. Then, one last fun thing, more or less. Um, so if you um, are interested in the CUP, in the Cloud Application Programming Model, and you have seen all these bookshops and um, um, procurement data or, or, or um, product data and so on, that, that's all nice. Um, Thomas Young published a very nice um, blog that talks about the Star Wars API, which I obviously found found um, very interesting. So. And the Star Wars API is is a public API. Um, it's here on 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 GitHub available, and it has I don't know all the films and all the people from the Star Wars movie, all the planets and stuff like that. And what Thomas has done is he he, he took this this um, JSON library basically, and then talks about how you can leverage this information um, to create your your CDS service um, out of this. How you can then um, create a Fury user interface and 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 really navigate with this data um, using the CUP model. So I thought this this was also um, pretty interesting. Um, the next thing that I want to highlight um, is in the context of by design. Um, so Rainer Zinov um, published um, um, a year. Apparently he does this every year. Um, this was only the first time that I saw it. Um, he um, produces a video um, about what's coming next with um, SAP Business by Design. 
And we've been working with SAP now um, on a by design and Microsoft Teams integration. And in this video, he, he gives a short insight in um, yeah, what the teams have already done. Um, this is not yet released, um, but um, he gives an insight of what the development teams are currently working on. So how you um, leverage Microsoft Teams um, with by design. Actually, in this, yeah, sorry. Uh, interesting that SAP it's maybe not so much advertising the sub business by design in compared to HANA Enterprise Cloud, but still customers are using it, obviously, and they want integration. So makes sense to have it. Yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, yeah. I mean, um, I was still at SAP when when there was this big announcement when they first for the very first time introduced by design. And I think there was a little pushback from the customers, but um, in the meantime, actually, by design um, became a really nice product. Um, so it's, it's a fairly powerful product. And what I also was, where I was very impressed is uh, the, the the speed of innovation. Like um, when we when we had the first discussions about this teams integration and by design, how quickly the the teams, the development teams from the by design team, really picked this up and had a first prototype and how we collaborated there. That was for me really um, impressive and really great um, to see actually. So, in this context, actually, Rainer and um, and, and and the team they um, pointed me to another block um, where work gets done, and that's actually a, a very nice insight of um, the different Microsoft products, or not only Microsoft products, but but how um, these products help us in our daily life. So so when we work, and and basically there's there's this this core, this inner circle where. Um, obviously, we're all using um, Outlook. We are using OneNote, um, maybe OneDrive to, to store the documents. Then we have Teams where we have the first collaborations, we have the meeting tools and stuff like that, where we're using SharePoint and, and other Office products maybe. Then we go one step further and talk about SharePoint and Yammer and, and, and Microsoft Stream and stuff like that. And then finally, in the in this outer loop, we have LinkedIn, we have Twitter as, as communication channels. So this is a... I mean, it's a nice block from my point of view that, that talks about the different um, areas where we interact with these different tools. And I, I thought um, it's it's definitely also something quite interesting, especially obviously when you then think, well, how can these these different circles also interact um, with an, an SAP system, for example? Good. One last thing um, that was just, or I stumbled across this um, just today. Um, there is a new event um, coming up, um, Rise with SAP. So apparently, I don't know a lot of details there yet, but apparently um, on January 27th, Christian Klein um, will have some exciting announcement. Um, what? So, so I think, first of all, it will be interesting to hear what these announcements are, but um, what I also really love is this continuation that he says, well, look, there will be this announcement, but um, there, after this announcement, there will also be a dedicated time where, uh, where he will answer questions from the audience. So at least I thought uh, I thought it is somewhere. Uh, maybe it's yeah, here, here. Um, so, so afterwards, um, Christian will, will um, continue to interact with the customers. And I think that's really something that um, we're seeing a lot now that Christian and, and the whole team, look at Thomas Sauer, I think, and the others, that they are very open to really engage with the customers, with the partners, with the community. So first of all, I, I, I guess this will be an interesting um, event, but then also really, again, this openness from SAP that they're really willing um, to immediately interact with the customers and the partners. Cool. Good. So with this, um, let me uh yeah introduce you to um daniel um daniel um i had the pleasure of of working with daniel just at the end of um last year where he helped me well actually he did the the work i i just invited him to um uh, present something in during the german speaking sap user group and there he talked about um, the sub cloud platform and um, Azure DevOps. And I thought this is this was a really, really um, interesting topic. So I, I asked him if he could also join our podcast. And um, with this, Daniel, maybe you can introduce yourself and then um, we can get started with your topic. All right. So my name is Daniel Maxson. I'm working for Microsoft Germany. And 
I'm uh, have a background as an application development myself, and therefore I'm also focusing on all topics around application development, especially of course around um, developing for for Azure for the cloud. And one of my um, areas of focus is also all things related to DevOps tools and developer tools. So therefore, um, this is basically why Holger invited me to show uh, how we can do DevOps for the SAP Cloud Platform. And one of the key components that we will be using here um, is the Project Piper. Project Piper is an open source solution that has been built by uh, some, I think uh, somehow SAP folks are involved in, 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 in building that, um, but it's an open source platform or an open source tool and that you can use to ship your um, SAP application to the um, subcloud platform. And um, what I want to show today is um, how this can be done using the Azure DevOps platform. So basically we integrate the Piper tooling into the Azure DevOps pipelines. And um, this can be a very interesting scenario for, for companies that do not only use stuff like um, the SAP cloud platform, but have a more broad field of applications that are developing, they are developing and they are looking for a, a solution that can support multiple different technologies that shall be deployed to any kind of platform. So let's say you have some web applications uh, using Java, you have some other web applications um, using .NET Core, and then maybe you have also some SAP applications and you want to have a, a really powerful uh, generic solution that you can use as your DevOps platform. Then I think the approach to just integrate existing tooling like the uh, tooling um, Piper into that platform and to see um, how you where you go from there um, would be a really um, beneficial um, approach. Mm -hmm. So what I would demo to you is basically end-to-end -end what Azure DevOps looks like and how the Piper tooling integrates into that. Perfect. For that, for that um, I will share my screen now. Um, let, me say, let me know if you see anything. Should be working any second. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, now we can okay. see your screen. Brilliant. And um, so what we see here right now is basically Azure DevOps. And I'm in the, a specific Azure DevOps project, which is called SAP Piper. This is my demo project. And um, you see on the left side here a bunch of um, menu items. And I just want to go really quickly over them, because then later on we will dig into some of them a little deeper. But most important today, of obviously, is the pipeline section. Um, so first of all, the, the board section, basically this gives you all the tools that you need for planning a product. And we, see, we will see that in a second, but the basic idea behind the Azure DevOps platform is that you get everything you need anyway to do a software project in one uh, platform combined. So Azure DevOps basically has those modules built in and uh, you can pick and choose which of them you want to use. And we are going to use Azure Boards as our planning uh, component for, for our little project that I will demo today. Um, then we have the Azure Repos section. Uh, Azure Repos basically means um, you need source control, and here's source control built right into the Azure DevOps platform. Um, it's called Azure Repos. It's based on Git, and you can use that, and we will use that as well for our source code for our SAP Cloud Platform application. Um, next. Uh, part here is um, Azure Pipelines. Azure Pipelines basically describes how you want to build or deploy an application, though it's kind of an automation platform within Azure DevOps. And we are going to use that and combine that with the um, um, Piper project to deploy the, um, the SAP application to SAP. And then, and I will not go into details of those test plans and artifacts, just for you to know, there's also a test plans um, um, section and an artifacts section. Test plans basically gives you the chance to uh, schedule and plan uh, manual tests that you want to uh, execute on the software you're going to ship. We, we will skip that for today because mm -hmm. we would have run out of time. And the artifacts section, we will also skip that. That basically means you have some uh, kind of your own artifact storage that you could use to, for example, store specific libraries or specific applications um, and that you want to reuse later. For the compliance, if you ask what that is, that's something very specific to Microsoft because 
I'm connected here with the Microsoft uh, Azure Active Directory and with the Microsoft subscription. So therefore, this is a, spe a special um, extension that is can be seen here, just in case you wonder why you don't have that in your account. Okay, so this is basically the overview of Azure DevOps. Now, let's say uh, we want to change a running application um, in, in Azure DevOps, and we want to do, uh, of course, the coding manually, but everything else should ideally um, work automatically, fully uh, fully automatic. Um, for that scenario, I, I set up some, some samples here. And the application that we're talking about is um, really simple. I kept it as simple as possible because I don't want to lose the focus. And as you see here, here's our, our SAP Cloud Platform application running in SAP Cloud. And it just says uh, uh, on a title, hello world from SAP. That's super simple. And let's say we want to change anything in uh, something in, in that application by modifying the title or something like that. What we would do typically is, if that was a real software project, of course we would start with um, doing some planning and we would do that planning right in Azure DevOps and plan that, uh, that, um, that task. So let's do that now. And um, to do that, I will switch to the board section. Before I switch, just a little hint, what we see here, and this is one of the errors that I skipped earlier, the overview section here um, basically gives me an overview of, uh, over everything that's happening inside of Azure DevOps. So the, the advantage that we see here is that all the different areas that I earlier mentioned, like boards, repos, pipelines, and so on, all of them store their information right in Azure DevOps. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the consequence of that is that Azure DevOps knows about everything that's going on in all those Azure uh, other areas. Therefore, of course, all that information can be used to create some awesome dashboards that help you uh, to monitor your project. And this is really just a sample of what's possible. Typically, you see, of course, point down charts, uh, progress charts of any kind. You can see uh, how the utilization of, of specific people is, how, how much work they have to do, how much work is left and stuff like that. And it's possible to, to draw nice graphics because all of that information is available in Azure DevOps and, and just has to be rendered to a graph. In this ca case, you can easily see that this is just a demo project because the burn down didn't really burn down and uh, there's nobody really working on that and that's because it's well a demo project. Okay, let's dive in. Um, I will now go into the board section. In the board sections, I said um, we can do all the planning of, um, of work. Now, um, what we see here is, first of all, a flat list of work items. And a flat list is, is of course, a little boring. And if you think um, you have, we have more than 6,000 items here in the whole system already, you probably at some point want to have some kind of hierarchy. And this is what we get if we switch here to the backlogs section. Here we can see that we have work items on different levels. In this case, we see the epics. And the epics are split down into features. And the split features are split down into Stories. Oh, okay. <laughs> Take something to drink. I'm back. Perfect. <laughs> 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 Sorry for that. Okay. So you're um, too much excited here now. Yeah. Yes. Excitement. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we saw the, those, those levels, and now, of course, we also want to see um, the real hierarchy behind those different levels. So you can uh, take a look at that and see, for example, that my epic that I want to have the most awesome Fury app ever is uh, split up into multiple features, and those multiple features are split into multiple uh, user stories. And those user stories, again, are um, split up into multiple tasks to really work on those user stories. And what I do now is I create a new task and um, say I want to um, really just as a sample, I say I want to have a task that says change title of mm -hmm. application. And after that, basically that's um, available here in my list of, of tasks. And now I would do the planning. I would say I want to work on all those tasks in my current iteration so I can really just drag that over to my planning for a specific uh, um, time slice which will end tomorrow or today even it's the eighth the eighth oh, yeah. yeah it will end today oh we, we have to hurry up a little and I will now switch to the sprint and sprint is really the work that's scheduled for a specific time slice that I can definitely uh, start working on and you see um 
here is um, the, the task that I just created. It has the number 6723, and I will uh, assign that to myself, and now I can start working on that. Now, um, how would I start working on that? First of all, of course, I would say I want to mm -hmm. um, mark it as active, and then I would say I want to change the source code um, for the underlying application. And to, when I change source code, <clears throat> Typically, what I do is I change, uh, I, I create a new branch that I work on because we're working with a Git-based system here. So I um, say I want to create a new branch, and I call that branch, for example, my title branch, um, just to make sure that um, it's somehow related to the um, the, uh, the work I'm planning to do. And um, what you see here already is that the work item six seven two three is now automatically linked to that branch. Um, that's interesting because that means whatever happens on that branch can later on be um, followed back to that work item because Azure DevOps knows about that uh, about that um, work item and that it was um, somehow related to the branch and it will always be aware of that relation and we can later on use that relationship to uh, trace down specific requirements. So we have a DevOps integration, uh, Azure DevOps integration into GitHub. No, that's not an integration into GitHub. It's possible, of course, to to also use GitHub as a source code um, uh, repository under the hood. But this is really this is the 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 Git coming from Azure DevOps. Ah, uh, from the so, DevOps itself. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. Um, just to keep it a little simpler. Of course, what you mentioned is definitely possible to say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be working here with, with GitHub because maybe I I like the security features of of GitHub and I want to leverage them or for whatever reason, that's possible. It's easily possible, and there's a very good integration of both tools. But this time, it's really only Azure DevOps. Um, okay, so now I'm um, automatically brought to my um, Azure Repo section here, where I can see that I created that new branch, and that new branch, and it's called Title Branch. So now, what I would do as a developer is, of course, I want to change the source code. And to change the source code for a um, uh, SAP Cloud Platform application, I have that SAP Business Application Studio, and I opened that already, and um, basically opened up the uh, repository living in Azure DevOps. This is what we have right here, and I can do a, um, a git pull here to pull down the latest branch, and we see um, here it is, my title branch that I just created, and I will now switch to that title branch to make sure that all the work I'm doing is um, actually be, uh, been done on that title branch, just to make sure that I don't edit directly in master because I want to keep my changes separated as I would in a, re a very realistic scenario. But so as you can, very yes. quickly, because I ju just want to highlight this because I think this is really interesting because the SAP Business Application Studio is obviously an SAP tool, part of the, or I mean, a, an editor that SAP provides um, on the SAP Cloud Platform, but without doing much, I mean, you can connect from here to the Git repository that you have in Azure DevOps. And so so for me as a developer, maybe I I continue to use the business application tool as my development environment. It's, it just happens that Azure DevOps is now um, supporting me in the background with the planning and, and with other functionalities there. Exactly. So your your code work and everything, all, all the code you write, the edits of your code files would still happen here in the business application studio. Mm -hmm. It's really just um, a Git remote. This is how it's uh, how it's called that, um, where where the source code lives. And this mm -hmm. Git remote in this case is Azure DevOps, and mm -hmm. the integration is really super simple. I set that up previously, of course, just to, yep. to um, not have to do that um, right in the demo, but that's super easy. It's, it's basically just a Git clone and you have to authenticate and then you can pull down the source code. Perfect. And um, well, now as I switch to that uh, specific branch, I'm of course free to start modif modifying the application. And as you see, it's, it's really just a very simple HTML5 uh, module that we're having here. And what I want to do is really just I want to change the title so that we see some kind of change in the website. It doesn't have to be something super fancy. Um, so let's um, modify that to a hello world from, from DevOps, or let's call it from Azure yep. DevOps. And um, what I would do next, obviously, is I would say I want to um, commit those changes that I just made. And um, in uh, the Business Application Studio, the changes are 
um, mentioned here and I have to stage them to be able to um, commit them later on to um, or to push them to the Git repository. So I have to write a comment and um, uh, I call that just, I changed the title, that's good enough. And um, now it's committed and I can push everything. Now um, with that push that now happened, I basically brought my changes back to the Azure DevOps repository. And I should be able to see that change um, right here. Should appear every second, otherwise I can just do a refresh. And you see here, I updated title branch just now. This is basically my change. So now um, what we typically do in software development is that um, now it's time to, for somebody else to review what I just um, what I just coded. So I do a pull request to make sure that my source code will be merged into the master branch. And um, before it will be merged into that master branch, um, somebody else has the chance to say, um, I want to do a review or I like the change or dislike the change. So I um, hit uh, the button, create a pull request right now. That's basic um, Git mechanics. So that's nothing special about SAP and that's also nothing special about Azure DevOps. So this is just how it's done often in, in Git scenarios or in Git-based source code um, um, management tools. So I say, I want to um, create that pull request. And um, now the interesting thing is what happens now. With that pull request, obviously that object pull request is being created in Azure DevOps. But there's more going on. First of all, um, the branch where I now want to merge my changes to is um, protected by some policies. So you see here, there are some checks that have to be fulfilled. And one of the checks is that one of my col colleagues, Carl Klammer, has to approve the change. So he, basically that's the person who has been asked automatically to do a code review on whatever I created. And um, there are also more checks running because um, I also have created a policy that enforces that um, build process has to be completed and has to finish successfully before it will be possible to really merge my code change in the, the master line. This protects my master for bad code that couldn't even build. And it's mm -hmm. totally up to me to define what shall be executed during that build. And we will take a look at this and what, what's going on in, in there in, in a few seconds. Um, you also see there's another check, uh, work items must be linked. Um, that's interesting. So with that policy, you can enforce that always with every pull request, there has to come uh, a work item that's somehow related to that change. In my um, sample here, I didn't even have to do anything manually for that because when you, if you remember, when I created that new branch that I've been working on, I did that starting from the work item that I wanted to edit. Mm -hmm. And um, Azure DevOps basically kept all that information and therefore um, um, it could um, draw the conclusion that this work item should be um, attached here to that pull request and you can see it right here. Okay, while the build is running, um, let's switch over to my colleague, Carl Klammer, and make sure that he can do the review. And for Carl, I created something right here. You can see here an, another instance of, um, of Edge, mm -hmm. um, where I'm signed in as Carl Klammer. And um, you can see Carl has um, a pull request waiting um, for him. Um, and that's a pull request that I just created as Daniel Meixner. And basically, Carl can now go in and say, I want to do the review um, and want to see if uh, whatever Daniel coded here is good or is bad. And um, of course, we can also communicate here in the context of a pull request. That's very helpful because often it might happen that um, some something in the source code is not perfect yet. And therefore, I, I should um, do some modifications. And therefore, uh, Carl could write here something like, I don't like it yet, uh, uh, and um, could comment on that. And I will instantly see that here as a change or as, an, as a communication that happened. And um, I could answer, but I do. 
<laughs> and um, or of course, Reply you, <laughs> yeah, and and then say, okay, that's that's good enough. Um, mark that is resolved or something like that. So you could keep the communication around a pull request really in context. That's really helpful because otherwise that kind of communication would happen probably in email or wherever, and nobody would ever be able to find it later on. But we want to be able to find it. So. Okay, um, let's say um, Carl would be really interested in taking a look at the files. Then you see he could have um, all the files reviewed here. We see a nice comparison of what actually changed. And even here, it would be possible to add additional comments, but let's skip that for now because I really think it's not that important. The important thing that Carl has to do, however, is he has to hit that approve button because this is enforced by the system. If Carl doesn't approve, my source code change will not be merged. So let's hit the approve button. You see it's been approved. Carl hit the button. It's we have got the green check mark, mark, and we can now say we want to complete that, and we want to merge as soon as the rest of the policies um, allow the merge. So now let's um, jump back because Carl basically is done, and we can see if um, all the other checks went through successfully. And um, you see now um, it says all checks actually succeeded in the meantime. Now um, there was one check where we didn't look into yet. That was that SAP PR validation build. Um, let's take a look at that. What happened here? Basically, what happened here is that um, for the change that I made, a build definition has been executed, and that build definition was based on Project Piper. So let's um, let's take a look at um, what that actually looks like. You see, it's three steps. We executed some unit tests. We downloaded uh, Project Piper, and later on, um, we um, created an uh, MTA out of it. And um, we can now go into um, the, that pipeline and take a look at what that basically is made of. So um, as you see here, we set the PR trigger to, um, so basically that means um, that pipeline shall be executed, or that build shall be executed whenever um, a pull request has been created. And now let's take a look of, at what actually happens here. So first of all, um, I, um, I downloaded the, the Piper tooling. And um, actually, that was not really the first step. It was and did happen after the unit test. But let's let's keep the unit test section for now because um, the unit test section was really just running npm test. That's not really related to the Piper tooling. So um, I have to download the Piper tools for that. I'm using a, speci a specific um, um, VM based on Ubuntu and a specific um, container image. And in that image, I then basically say I want to. Um, download with the curl command the Piper tooling uh, that I want to use later on in later section in uh, in the, the, the process. And after that, if I want to um, build the MTA, um, I say, okay, that can only be the next step after downloading. So therefore, you see with that little depends on section here, you see the, the, the sequence that has to be kept. And um, I say, I want to take those binaries that I just downloaded and I take them from the cache. This is basically this section here. And then I run um, the MTA build command. And the output of that uh, will be um, stored in an mtar mm -hmm. um, artifact that will later on be available to use if I would want to use that. So in this case, I really only build and see if the build will be successful. I don't deploy anywhere yet because this is really only about um, making sure that the application is actually able to build if the build will complete and if I uh, if my unit tests will be successful. The interesting thing is what happens afterwards. After I um, did that SIP um, PR validation, obviously the merge to the master branch happened. And the merge to the master branch kicked off another pipeline, and that other pipeline is the SAP CI CD pipeline that I created here. Let's take a look at that because I think that's a little more interesting. You see in that SAP CI CD pipeline, now you have multiple stages. We have that one stage that builds, another stage that's called dev, another stage that's called QA, another stage that's called production, and we have another um, stage called perf test for performance tests. Now, 
this is basically the the run that we that's been executed right now because of that merge that I just um, made uh, when the pull request was accepted. And um, we can see a nice graphical representation of what's actually going on behind the scenes and what the flow looks like. So all the way left, again, you see that build uh, stage. And that build stage was already executed, completed uh, uh, successfully. Therefore, it's marked green. And you see it has um, basically brought out uh, an artifact, which is the output of that. And you see, here we go. It's our mtar file that we uh, created in the first stage. So this means of that pipeline that we're seeing right now, the first stage with that build was really basically pretty much the same as we saw in our PR validation build. It's executed again. That's important to note because it's really this time it's really running on the master branch. Um, but it, it's still it's basically the same definition. Um, for dev and test, this these are now two deployment stage, uh, or this is uh, the the stage where we want to deploy to, and that deployment is just running right now. And we could have a look at that if you just hit that button. We see all the steps that uh, happen one by one, and we see a nice um, output like a console style output that basically tells us exactly what's happening under the hood to, to run those um, steps. Now, if you go back one step, we can also have a look at that pipeline definition here. And we see that once more, we have multiple stages. The first stage is the build stage. The next stage is the dev stage, QA stage, production stage, path test stage. Those, these are all the stages. And now build, we also ch already checked in the, uh, in the PR um, um, definition, therefore, that's not so in, important anymore. Let's take a look at the deployment. The deployment of that SAP um, Cloud Platform application again was done using the Piper tools. We're running in a container uh, with a specific image, which would be that pPiper um, image. And then um, we, of course, use the, um, the artifact from the build stage, the mtar. This is what we want to deploy. And after that, we use the bin piper um, command to do the Cloud Foundry deploy to deploy to our Cloud Platform. And you see all the um, specific details about the URL, users, passwords, and so on that need to be um, provided to be able to push something to a Cloud. They are here brought into that command and are stored as variables here in our deployment pipeline and therefore um, it's a really simple thing it's really a one line command to deploy something using the piper tooling and where are um, or where am i actually deploying to let's take a look at our target environment here you see we have um, our um, sub account here in um, the sap cloud platform where i have created four different spaces and those four different spaces are basically the spaces where i deploy to with those different environments from from azure devops so um let's take a look at what that looks like now if i take a look at the pipelines let's see if some of them already has been deployed to and we see yes um dev is green therefore we should be able to call dev. We can check later if it actually has been ex um, executed successfully. But we also see um, that before it's been deployed to the QA stage, some checks have to be passed. So again, this is a these are the mechanics to make sure that specific deployments are gated um, and that there's a certain uh, uh, insurance that whatever will be deployed to those uh, environments is um, is valid. So therefore, somebody has to approve that. You see one approval um, is needed here, and we can see um, who should be doing that. And we see I or, oh, Carl Klammer in that case has to do the approval. So let's switch back to Carl Klammer. Let's go to the pipeline and Carl can do the approval of that here. He also got an email notification for that, by the way. So Carl can do the review. And here's also a nice little hint that says, hey, you have to call a, uh, a certain URL to make sure that the application is actually running. I opened that already. Uh, let's do the review. Okay, did it change? Yes, it changed. It says now, hello world from Azure DevOps. It did work. So I think it's nice. 
it's nice. And I approved that. And this will make sure that um, the pipeline will now continue to run um, to the QA stage and later, later on to the perf, uh, perf test stage and also to the production stage. So we have kind of different gates defined for different environments. And those environments, by the way, are really a, a first-class object in Azure DevOps. So I can define environments as I prefer. And for all those different environments, I can define um, what kind of gate or policy or approval I, I want to define here. And you see for um, the QA stage, I defined um, that I have a bunch of approvers, um, Carl, and um, that um, also the deployment has to happen at business hours. So one last thing here um, to, to show you is when I'm inside of an environment, I can see what happened on that environment before. So I can see all the deployments that have been made to that um, environment. And this is basically the, the history of what happened on that specific environment. And that helps me, of course, to figure out what software version is actually running, what changes have been made there. And I can always do the trace back of, hey, I had that that um, deployment running, or I see that running. What were actually the changes in source code that came in here? I can see that easily here. All of that is linked, and I could jump to, the, to, the, to those links and see the source code changes. But I could also go back and say, which work items did actually lead to those um, changes that we see here? And it would be super simple to just click that and try navigate back in the history because Azure DevOps holds all that information, which helps me um, to to do the trace back um, of specific code changes to requirements or from requirements going forward to the corresponding code change and to the um, change in the application running on SAP Cloud Platform. So this basically is an end-to-end -end demo that kind of showed how we come from a requirement to change in SAP Cloud for Platform using the, um, the, the um, Piper tooling. And um, as you see, the Piper tooling really integrates nicely. You don't really realize that there's a, something special about that because it feels like just using Azure DevOps. Perfect, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I, I think this is, this is a really, really um, powerful um, demonstration of how this works. I mean, obviously, SAP also has a um, CICD tooling DevOps tool um, for the SAP Cloud Platform, which focuses solely on SAP. But I think what, what we are hearing from a lot of customers um, that obviously not everything is only SAP. There are a lot of um, other non-SAP um, products in, in, in a company. And I think that's where we, we are getting a lot of questions. Well, how does Azure DevOps, for example, also work with SAP? And I think here leveraging um, Project Piper um, to do the deployments for the SAP Cloud Platform is, is really um, a, a beautiful showcase. Now, I think one of the the most important things that you have shown here is are, are these pipelines um, that you have created to really be able to do the the build, to do the deployment, and so on. Um, you you quickly show them. Um, can we put them somewhere on, on on GitHub so that others can possibly um, also give it a try and 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 test them? Yes, I I did that this morning. Um, I did um, I put the the repository basically <clears throat> basically exactly the the way you you saw it. On my uh, GitHub account, Daniel Perfect. Mikes, SAP Azure DevOps pipelines. Cool, great. So, so anyone who is interested in in, in replicating this demo um, and and then hopefully building on this um, can can probably um, go to your repo and uh, clone it and and leverage this for creating their own Azure DevOps account. There is there is a, even an free Azure DevOps account, right? I, I think you can subscribe there for free and use it as well. If I'm yes. not mistaken. Yes, you you can uh, just go to dev.azure.com, uh, create your own account, and uh, up to five users, it's it's uh, completely free. And um, for open source projects, um, there's even more free. So it's it's a, I think it's a good offering, and it's easy to set up because basically it's no setup. You just sign in, and then you start working. Cool. Perfect. Cool. Good. Well, I think um, you, you did talk a lot, <laughs> so um, thank I'm you sorry very, for very... that. Yeah, no, that was good. Um, I, I just was looking at your voice and and and, and drinking. Um, I, I I think that that is a really powerful and very impressive um, demo that really shows how 
um, from your own sandbox environment to dev to QA to to even a performance test. And, and and at first when I saw these five bubbles, I thought, well, why would you do a performance test after production? But then when you go went into the details, you could see really see there is a branch off actually so that I think while you're deploying or waiting for deployment for QA, you're already deploying to the Q, to the perf landscape. Yeah. So I think that's that's a really Yeah, I think that I think that graphical representation is really a very helpful just to see what what will happen with my change and how far did my my change proceed yet and where did it stop right now for example we see it has been deployed to QA and perf test platform but it's not in production yet and yeah. i think that kind of visualization is really helpful to see what actually happened to the change that i made perfect good um then i think we had a very very successful start in 2021 for our podcast again daniel thank you very much for being the first um to uh, to, to participate in 2021 maybe we can have you back at some point um, when you can talk about even more complicated or more exciting um, scenarios on how to integrate um, Azure DevOps or or GitHub um, into SAP. So I think um, that would be definitely something that can be quite interesting. Yeah, I think the SAP uh, and GitHub thing uh, certainly is, is worth uh, looking into. Um, because of course we see a lot of customers who are already um, using GitHub, and mm -hmm. you know the the GitHub actions are very powerful as well. And from a technical point of view, it really shouldn't be any issue to uh, use the GitHub actions here uh, instead of um, the Azure pipelines. So I think that probably would be another nice talk that we could do. That's actually a very very good point, and maybe just as a closing remark. And I mean, we, we did start with Azure DevOps because first of all, we are getting a lot of customer questions really around um, Azure DevOps. Um, but then, um, obviously, this is a tool that that has this 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 beautiful. I mean, you you started with the overview, talking really about the boards, the repos, the pipelines, and so on. But I think it's important to highlight what you just said that um, the heart of this, or, or one important piece of what you have done here, is creating the pipeline and it should be fairly easy to take the pipeline from Azure DevOps and leverage it in in Azure uh, in GitHub Actions as well. Exactly, yeah. So the, the mechanics behind both platforms are developed by the same team. So uh, the YAML pipelines here in Azure DevOps and the GitHub Actions are basically coming from the same team. So there's not a, a big change uh, in, the, in the things we have to set up to make that work. Good. Then again, thank you for, for joining us today. And I hope to see you soon again. Sure. Thank you as well. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.